0: Guys, we're in the middle of the pandemic and these are trying times. It's hard on our mental health, our mental state. And this is why I love our sponsor today, BetterHelp. They're the largest online counseling platform worldwide. They change the way people get help with facing life's challenges by providing convenient, discreet, affordable access to licensed therapists. BetterHelp makes professional counseling available anytime, anywhere, through a computer, tablet, or smartphone. It's brilliant. Sign up today. Go to betterhelp.com backslash solving healthcare and get 10% off sign up fees. Quadcast99 at gmail.com, reach out on Facebook at Quadcast, or online at drkwadjo.ca. Welcome to Solving Healthcare. I'm Quadro Caramante. I'm an ICU and palliative care physician here in Ottawa and the founder of Resource Optimization Network. We are on a mission to transform healthcare in Canada. I'm going to talk with physicians, nurses, administrators, patients and their families because inefficiencies, overwork and overcrowding affects us all. I believe it's time for a better healthcare system that's more cost effective, dignified and just for everyone involved. Quarkest Nation, we have a very special episode with Adam Hurt, amazing human being that's raising awareness about cardiac condition called ARVC, Arrhythmogenic Right Ventricular Cardiomyopathy. You might have seen, you know, when you hear about young athletes dying suddenly while playing sports, this is one of the causes that you may hear about. This happened to two of his family members, which we'll, we'll hear about. And that alone, I mean, it's, it's just gut-wrenching hearing what he had to go through with his loved ones. But he's trying to channel that energy into something good, creating a foundation, creating a, a ride across Canada. To, to try and increase the awareness and, and funds uh, to support research, to support training in this condition. And so, yeah, this is just a great episode. I just, I'm really proud of Adam and what he's doing. You'll hear it was a bit tough one to get through, but it's, it's definitely worth it. And so, yeah, I, without further ado, I'm going to bring on Adam Hurt. All right, Quadcast Nation, I have an absolute pleasure to be talking to Adam Hurt. He's, uh, this is part of our patient experience series and just bringing an awareness to something that's so important uh, to Canadians, to to the world in terms of, you know, cardiac conditions that we we could hopefully bring more attention and research to. And, you know, I'm going to get Adam to tell the story here, but Adam, listen
1: welcome to the show. Dr. Kiermanteng, thank you so much for uh, taking an interest in our story and, uh, and having me on today.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, this is a, a tough one to go through, but like, what, what, what happened? What happened in your, in your, within your family that you were exposed to a- ARVC and um, led you to want to raise money, have a foundation? Uh, how did we get to here?
1: uh it started uh, doctor it started back in in 2001 june of 2001 my uh my wife and i were playing softball in uh, milton ontario and uh she collapsed of uh what we knew at the time was a was a sudden cardiac arrest um our one uh one and three year old boys were playing in the playground next door And, uh, she was 30, we were both 31 years old. And, uh, that's the first experience that, uh, that we had, although at the time we didn't know it was ARVC. Jackie, uh, Jackie died, uh, without after autopsy, without, uh, a real, uh, known cause without even suspicion of what it likely was. Um, uh, we were told, you know, acute myocarditis, you know, a very general, very general term. Clearly there was something, um, some concern with the heart tissue, but in terms of what caused uh, the cardiac arrest, um, viruses, the idea of viruses were thrown around. Um, Unfortunately, I had to have a long conversation with a coroner about potential substance abuse uh, and things like that. Jackie was an otherwise young, healthy, vibrant, athletic Uh, 31 year year old woman. And uh, our journey started back, back then. And, you know, 20, 21 years ago now um, with no, no understanding, no awareness of ARVC for us at the time. Uh, And then uh, 17 years later when our eldest son was 18, uh, he had his first uh, sudden cardiac arrest. Um, uh, Again, the GTA in Mississauga, Ontario, thankfully. At that time, he, he was a university student, uh, working in a co-op placement where his, uh, the health and safety team of, of his uh, company. And I'll give a shout out to pure later courier. They, uh, they saved his life. Oh and, uh, and, and it was at that time when, when the electrophysiologist and the cardiology team in, uh, Mississauga's Trillium hospital, um, you know, Oh, mom, mom died of a similar manner. Let's, uh, let's look into this a little more carefully. And uh, from there, we went through genetic testing um, and learned and, and thankfully uh, back in 2001, because it was so traumatic and so sudden and unexpected without explanation. uh, They saved some of Jackie's heart tissue. They saved a slide. And in 2018, they tested it and my son, Greg, and they, uh, they both Tested positive for a, a gene mutation, which is known to uh, to contribute to this condition, and that's where it started for us. Oh my God,
0: Adam! I, I I'm so sorry that this is um, that you've gone through this with, with first Jackie and your son, and uh, like I can't imagine. Like, so like back in 2001, legit, you guys were playing softball, and just out of the blue, just lost consciousness, arrested.
1: Yeah, um, exactly. And, and and in hindsight, uh, you know, she was a little bit dizzy the night before. It was a weekend long tournament. It was a hot June day. We were all dehydrated and tired and humid and, and all this stuff. And, and you know, she, she, she had a bit of dizziness the day before. And, uh, you know, many of us did mm-hmm. just because of the conditions. And we were out there, you know, being, at, being active in, in the heat. Uh, and stuff. And, uh, you know, other than that, there was no, no symptoms. We walked out to start an inning. She and I were beside each other in the outfield and I looked over and she was uh, crumpled in a pile and we had a paramedic on a, on an opposing team, a firefighter, uh, pardon me, on an opposing team. And I mean, he was, he was on her in less than 90 seconds, Mm -hmm. Um, but there was nothing that could be done at that point. And so
0: this Absolutely. Was like a a new, like a new diagnosis. Like people weren't aware of arrhythmogenic right ventricular cardiomyopathy back then. Or was this, was this on the radar of of the people or what was the situation?
1: it's a uh, it's a great question and it's it's a big the answer to that question is a big part of why uh we as a family are doing what we're doing now mm. um i i I know because I've connected with with uh, other people uh, I know that in some major hospital centers uh around the world, including in Toronto, which is forty minutes away from where she collapsed. ARVC, or at least at the time it was ARVD, dysplasia rather than cardiomyopathy. Um, it was a known thing, and people had been diagnosed with it at that point, or at least it was on the radar of people uh, at that point. Um, but it didn't make you know the understanding of it didn't make its way west forty minutes to coroners or doctors or cardiologists. Uh, you know, just over half an hour away, and so um, you know that's a big piece of of our awareness is. Uh, making sure that that doesn't happen again, that everybody across this country, North America, the world um, at least has heard of it and will challenge, you know, will challenge these situations and at least, you know, ask the questions um about could it possibly be this and 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 work towards an understanding had had she collapsed in, in toronto or, or or somewhere where it was known um it doesn't we, you know we know that it doesn't mean that she would have been saved but at least it wouldn't have taken 17 years for a diagnosis
0: because honestly that that part must have been so hard to, to like obviously losing your wife but then also like why you know you you kind of alluded to having to answer questions about like whether she had substance abuse and all these things, which I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine being in your shoes, but it would make me want to punch a wall to be honest with you. Um, and just not having a finger to point on, you know, the, with the talk of cardiomyopathy, all these kind of other diagnoses, but not having to, to be able to put a finger on it had to be incredibly frustrating.
1: It was, it, it was, it was a weird thing. And yeah, sure. I, I absolutely of course felt all those feelings and the frustration and the anger and the, uh, you know, the upset um, with all of that. But, but I also found a, a sense of peace in that I, there wasn't something to blame it on. Mm. I, and I'm, you know, I'm a, a I'm science-minded in nature. I mean, I have a, you know, my, my, my career has been in in education of, of mathematics and science. I, I understand that it's, you know, we don't know it all. Um, and, and especially in medicine. Um, so, so while, yes, that was certainly a, you know, it would have been nice to have known. I, I didn't, I didn't have somebody, a person to blame. It wasn't, it wasn't caused by a human. It wasn't, you know, in our minds, we, you know, we, we didn't know. And and I just, you know, I was, I had a more important job at that point to move forward and raise my boys. And I didn't worry so much about, you know, blame or guilt or, or things like that. Um, I was, you know, in a, in a way, I guess kind of spiritual, maybe not in a, in a, in an organized religious sense, but it, but it just, you know, trusted that sometimes just things happen and my, uh, my, my son, Greg, who, who is now quite ill, um, he kind of put things in perspective for me. And, you know, when you have to sit down with a three and a half year old and explain that they're never going to see the bum again. And Greg said, uh, it's okay, dad, because Greg, we unfortunately had, had lost a, a dear friend, uh, a friend's child, uh, almost exactly a year earlier in 2000, um, in a tornado. Uh, and, uh, Greg said, "It's okay, Dad. I think Mom. I think God me- needed Mom to uh, to help take care of Lucas. So, oh. mom, mom, Mom's going to be serving another. Well, he didn't use these words, but you know, mom, Mom's got a job to do, and and that's why uh, that's why God took her so early. So here, that's from a three and a half year old. So, who can argue with that logic?
0: Oh my goodness, he, uh I, I I I mean, I I just can't imagine having to tell him. I, I got I got three boys and having to." Oh, yeah tell yeah i can't even mentally picture that without getting the verklempt here of having to tell the boys that they're not going to see their mom again um it was tough times uh, for sure and but i i really appreciate what you were saying or oh, about how how you got through it not necessarily having that answer but but almost having that acceptance of saying you know like you know there's nothing we could have done you know this was just this is just what happened. And I, I, I do think that, you know, that is a very um, for lack of a better word, word, healthy approach. Uh, Cause I mean, you got to find a way to get through those incredible. We had to find times. peace
1: in this somewhere for sure. We, we had to find peace in it somewhere and, and that's where I was able to find some peace.
0: And in terms of Greg, you know, so he was, he was 18 when he had his uh, cardiac arrest.
1: Yeah. So he, his first, his first one, he was 18. Um, you know, there's another phone call a parent never wants to get, but, uh, so I, uh, I raced of course to the hospital and, uh, he was in, in Mississauga hospital and, uh, well, he, in the next 10 days, he had three more arrests while in the, in the CICU, um, mm-hmm. all three of which I was present for Jesus Christ. Yeah, and uh, by the time he was admitted six week, or pardon me, uh, discharged six weeks later, uh, he was implanted with an ICD and and given a, given a pretty stringent uh, course of meds to help, uh, you know, to help that the heart rhythms stay as stable as possible. So,
0: and we should probably at some point talk a little bit about exactly, uh, you know, what the uh, ARVC is but absolutely just just in terms of you know greg too it's like now that he got the icd in and and was on the medications like how's he doing now
1: uh well that's more bad news unfortunately um the good news is thanks to his life being saved in 2018 he had two uh two wonderful years and where he he really embraced life and um did a lot of the things that he wanted to do and continued with his studies in engineering at university um uh but in september 2020 he uh he was at another co-op placement and he felt his uh his implanted defibrillator go off he was uh not far from your hometown at the time he was in high prairie alberta working at the time mm. um he felt the device go off he called 911 himself uh for reasons which i don't yet have the courage to pursue answers to uh it took them the uh ems an hour almost 50 minutes to get to him uh in that time or at least to report first first vitals um in that time, uh, I've been told that his device attempted to activate over 30 times unsuccessfully. His heart did not respond. Or his device did activate, pardon me, and his heart did not respond. And uh, as a result of being close to an hour without oxygen, he's now in what is likely a permanently vegetative state. Oh my he's 24 God. years old.
0: And... Oh. For first, I A
1: doctor, I get it. Trust me, it's oh my God. Uh
0: so yeah, I knew I knew that you're that Greg, you know, uh, had he arrested and needed a defibrillator, but to be this I didn't know about the high, high like the, the Alberta
1: yeah. Yeah. We uh, my I was actually living in, in Africa at the time I was teaching in East Africa. I, of course, flew home immediately. This is, of course, during the pandemic. Um, my my younger son, Ben, who's two years Greg's junior, uh, he was in Ontario. So Ben and I both flew out to uh, to Alberta. By the time I arrived, he was at uh, a place for you're familiar with. He was at the Masikowski Institute in the University of Alberta there. Um, and we, uh, we lived, we lived for three months in, uh, in the fall of 2020, uh, we lived for three months in Edmonton by Greg's side.
0: Not to get too technical. So the ICD went off, but it just wasn't, it just didn't like, like,
1: uh, it just wasn't successful at it in terms of the shocks in terms of my understanding is the ICD did attempt to shock him, um, as planned. Um, Mm. but And this is just my own hypothesis that because of his other arrests that, um, at that point, you know, he was, it sounds like he was in heart failure where, you know, his heart wasn't going to respond to this, um, Mm -hmm. on its own, uh, as, as expected, as planned, um, So, and again, that's my hypothesis that his heart was probably just too damaged at that point. Like I said, the first shock went off and he felt it and he called 911 himself, but uh, subsequent shocks required uh, wasn't, it wasn't enough. And it wasn't until uh, EMS got there and and also applied uh, uh, CPR that they actually um, were able to get vital signs back. Although he was, you know, not in good shape, of course, and was in a coma for a few weeks. I'm so so
0: And, and and where's Greg now? So he lives like, in a
1: in a long-term care home in uh, in Cambridge, Ontario.
0: And uh you know, in a vegetative state, like is he is he recognizing you Is he does he respond? Like what's what's it like interacting with Greg now? Yeah, uh
1: the best days are when he um smiles uh, when he resp he'll respond to my voice and, um, you know, if he responds to my voice, you know, there are days now where he'll respond to my voice 80% of the time that he hears it and he'll, he'll, he'll track me, um, sometimes, but not always with his eyes, but yeah, he's, uh, he can't feed himself. He can't move. He, he, you know, we're, we're still working on the, the neurological piece of his ability to communicate, but certainly there's no, uh, No voice, no speech, none of those things. So it's, uh, you can tell when he's in discomfort. You can tell when he's comfortable. Um, He smiles, he cries once in a while, but uh, it's not consistent.
0: That's your boy. It is. God. I I am so sorry. I, 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 there's no words. There's just, your wife your your son
1: um and uh, I mean the reason we're doing this, doctor is because there are six others in our family that are at risk of this.
0: It's yeah that's a fair point adam like uh, so i'm I'm a little bit all over the place to say, yeah uh, sorry if uh, I jumped all over the place too, but
1: that's why I'm able to do it that's oh. why I have the you know the that's why i'm able to do this is because there are still six others that we can help and and there are hundreds and thousands of people out there that we can help and that's why we're doing this
0: so maybe maybe even like not to put you on the spot but like when we talk arrhythmogenic right ventricular cardiomyopathy like what is that in in layman's terms as far as your understanding
1: yeah, and uh, again, another one of our goals of of setting up this website and this this organization is to do that because we had trouble getting those answers in the very earliest days when we first heard the phrase ARVC. Of course, we did what everybody does, and we we looked it up, and all we were getting was technical documents. It wasn't until we until wasn't until we actually got connected with specialists, which was not an automatic thing. It took a while, and it took a little bit of luck with the right. Uh, gp to direct us to the the Peter Monk Cardiac Center in in Toronto. Um so we spent some time not really knowing and and doing what we could to interpret these, you know, very highly technical things. So uh so so the the understanding that we now have and are are trying to trying to share is that um basically this this gene mutation is responsible is, is a a protein, a gene responsible for proteins in the cardiac muscle. Uh and what happens um with, and, and one of the challenges with with this condition is it it's not consistent in who it happens with or when it happens, um, so it catches people by surprise. But it it essentially turns the uh, turn the protein that is intended to create heart muscle, uh, in in the ventricle. And it, traditionally, it was thought to be the right ventricle. It's actually just almost as common, I think now in the left ventricle, our family, it's all left ventricle stuff. Um, but it turns the the protein, uh, the muscle protein into uh, a fatty, uh, protein instead. Uh, and so that, um, that doesn't allow uh, regular electrical transmission through the, through the ventricle that, uh, you know, that performs the the pumping of the heart, uh, itself. So it's the, the way that I describe it to people, you know, and, Commonly, when I'm when I'm on the road and chatting with people, we have to talk about the difference between cardiac arrest and heart attack. And, uh, you doctor, feel free to correct me or, or fill things in. But my understanding is, you know, if you've got a pump pumping water, um, a heart attack is when something gets clogged in the pump and the the water can't flow. Uh, whereas a cardiac arrest is if you pull the pull the plug out of the wall and the pump just stops working. And so, uh, we're dealing with an electrical issue. This is not a uh a blocked artery situation it's not a it's it's the hardest otherwise you know functioning fine in terms of its job as a heart it's just not getting the electricity it needs
0: yeah i think it's a, a great uh explanation just i you know i'm basically like your if the conduction or the the electricity to the the wires to tell your heart to pump is is not firing um your heart stops and needs, uh, needs help, needs to be, uh, you know, uh, defibrillated or, uh, that's what, it, sorry, the ICD folks, uh, that's like, uh, basically an internal, uh, cardiac defibrillator. So, uh, if, the if your heart is unhappy, the defibrillator will do its work and, and try and recharge the heart. Um, uh, so Greg had one in place and I think, one well, of the reasons the awareness is so important and, and, and Adam, you could fill in the gaps here too, was that, you know, knowing this is, you have this genetic makeup, there's potential for treatment. There's potential for, uh, preventative, uh, uh, steps such as maybe may requiring an ICD. And, um, so what do you, as far as you know, Adam, in, in, in terms of all the work that you've done, like what, why is, why is the awareness so important? In the
1: past, we have been complacent to trust that sometimes these things happen to, to, to young people, to healthy people, um, without an explanation. And, and we, you know, we're thankfully with, through the progress of, of med- medicine and, you know, and I'm not just talking about cardiology, cardiologically, but, you know, with, with so many other um, diseases that we're faced with, you know, we're, we're, we're doing such a great job of, of learning as a, you know, the scientific community around the world is, is learning. Um, and I think this is just a situation where if we're aware of the signs and symptoms, if we understand the more we can do to understand it scientifically, the more we can, you know, prevent it, treat it, uh, either post cardiac arrest, pre cardiac arrest. I mean, there's talk now of 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 different places around the world working on, you know, other diagnostic tools rather than uh, genetics or or imaging or things like that. That would be would be groundbreaking and very predictive uh, for young babies to know this. The 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 one thing that you know really really drives us is this is a condition that affects youth and young adults most often without warning. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's, it's, that's one of the reasons why I think, you know, so little has been known about it. Um, But, but as we, as we have these conversations, as we rare, raise awareness, as we get, you know, Families impacted talking to their doctors and doctors talking to each other about this. Uh, I, I really strongly believe um, that we're going to be in a place in a few years where we're going uh, to be able to make some huge differences in, in protecting the lives of young people.
0: And, and Adam, you've been doing like a huge, been a huge contributor to the awareness and, and trying to create that change. And so maybe we could also talk about what you've
1: done to 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 really amp up the awareness. I'd love to, yeah, thanks doctor. Um, so, uh, Greg was in, in Edmonton, Alberta, U of A uh, hospital there. Um, when he was medically flipped to fly home at the beginning of December of 2020, uh, we, we, we flew via medical transport, Ben and I were with him and we, we got back to Ontario and got him settled in the, in the hospital system here back in Ontario where we had our support network. Uh, and I sat down with my, my brothers-in-law, Jackie's brothers, who are both, who at that time, you no, know, we now knew as of Greg's arrest in 2018, they were both uh, genetically predisposed to this condition. We sat down and I, I said, like, I can't function as a, as a dad. Um, I can't go back to work. I I, I was only uh, 50 or 51 at the time. I, I just, I couldn't uh, 50, I guess uh, I can't. You know, I can't possibly think about my career in education right now. Like I have to do something that is going to make a difference here. We've we've had enough tragedy and we need to do whatever we can to fix this. And I also needed to do something for myself. I was not, um, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically healthy myself trying to wrestle with all this stuff that had caught up to me and I've always been a, I've always been a lover of, uh, of, of riding my bicycle. And so I said, uh, I sat down with my brother's in law and said, listen, I'm going to ride my bike across Canada and um, I'm going to do it for me. I have to do this. I have to just take care of me. Um, You know, we, we, we did everything we, we were doing everything we could to make sure everybody else in the family was safe and healthy. And, you know, Greg was, Greg was well cared for. I said, but let's, let's think about how we can make this impactful to make a difference. I'm going to you know primarily do the bike ride for my own health. Um, but at the same time, if let's use it to let's figure out a way to do this. And so we, we talked with uh, uh, a couple of patients who had been diagnosed with this disease uh, for a long time, longer than you know, even before prior to two thousand one, prior to Jackie's death, uh, we talked to um, the people at uh, at the UHN in, in Toronto at the Peter Monk Cardiac Center, who are now our family's cardiologists, uh, and we we you know we talked about okay, what are the what are the needs? what What can we do to help this? And and we decided from our own experience that in the very earliest of days. Until we, until we got connected with the right cardiologists and, uh, you know, the people who seem to know the most about this, the experts, um, Canadian, you know, in terms of Canada, uh, we really didn't have anybody to talk to about this. Uh, you know, they, we, they, people have the reaction, they're shocked and they don't know what to say, and uh, we were totally understandable, but we couldn't – we realized that there was not a community – of people who could imagine what we were experiencing. And so we, you know, my own personal feeling, and this isn't true of everybody in the family, my own personal feeling is, you know, we became very withdrawn with it. And, you know, you can tell people all you want, um, but, you know, it's such an unbelievable and impactful and, and uh, devastating story that people, people have trouble relating And, and we would have loved to have found people that, could relate that we could, you know, bounce ideas off of, you know, just shoot the shit and, and, and try to, you know, connect with people who knew what we were going through. And so we decided first and foremost, we're going to create a website that we call the family support network um, that uh, families can family who have been diagnosed with this disease can reach out to us um, and at least start a conversation. And, you know, we're not pretending to be um, medical practitioners. We're not cardiologists, but you know we can point them in the directions we can connect them with we, we, you know we're following the latest research we can connect them with the people around the country and around the world um that that are making differences and so so and and just to be just to be a voice and to listen and to to share uh which is something that we didn't feel we had in the early days that's that is uh
0: so commendable adam like just you know don't let me put words into your your mouth, but like taking that that energy and focusing it on something that uh, br- just bringing attention to such an important issue and, and that it has brought so much hurt and and pain to the, your family and trying to create some good out of all this bullshit. Um, unbelievable. Thank you unbelievable so family support network like just really you know thinking about how to support people that have that are going through similar situations like it's like you know having that community could be such a such a way of a great way to heal great way to 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 get through a tough time and um and your ride like Tell me a little, like, tell me a little bit about this. Like, how, like, how did that go? Like, how How did the, how did the ride, uh, uh, how did that
1: situation end up? Yeah. So, so we're, we're mid ride right now, actually. It's, uh, Oh
0: shit. That's yeah. right. You're in, uh, you're like in, uh, somewhere in, well, I'm, in, I'm in
1: Toronto right now, so I'm not. I'm not currently riding in the across the country. So I mean, you know, we had big plans. I, I had big plans to go, you know, nine thousand k last year, um, coast to coast. But of course, like, like most of us in many situations, we got COVIDed. Is what my brother in law yeah. says. Uh, so you know, before I got permission to uh to cross borders and and do that type of thing, it was going to be it was going to be late August by the time I could get on my bike. And, you know, you look at the logistics of, okay, we're going to, we're going to be on the ground and meet people in groups and do this stuff. We can't do this in COVID. Um, Plus I don't really want to ride my bicycle in November and December if I don't have to. Um, I I love it, but I, I'm also <laughs> learning, learning with age that <laughs> I'm not, uh, I'm not superhuman. Um, so, so, so what, what we decided to do uh, last August, uh, my, my buddy, uh, Ian, who, uh, who drove my truck and pulled my, my camping trailer, we, we headed out to uh, St. John's Newfoundland uh, the end of August and uh, started peddling, uh West. And I arrived back in Southwestern Ontario uh on Thanksgiving weekend, so uh, October 11th, roughly. Um, so we did kind of the eastern 40. percent uh, You know, putting in about 90k on average a day. Oh um, uh, you know, just meeting people, meeting people on the ground, and it's doctor. It's been so. It was so powerful just from those very very first you know couple of days of peddling. Um, having people out who'd never heard of it, of course, having people who have been diagnosed with it, um, come out and meet me on the side of the trans Canada highway. And just to cheer me on and have a conversation and say, Hey, thanks. We're a part of your community. What can we do to help other families? Uh, I've met dozens of people who have, and dozens of people have reached out through the, uh, through our website already through the first part of my ride, um, from across well, the world really, but mostly from across Canada, um, so we're already, even though we haven't officially launched and we're not, you know, we're not actively doing all the things that we have our goals, our eyes set on as goals for our, for our website, we're already building community. And, you know, part of that's the the just raising awareness of the website and part of that's just talking to people mm-hmm. on the ground, telling our story and uh, bringing them along for the journey. And, uh, you know, everyone, everyone knows, you know, of the hockey, the young hockey player that collapses on the ice or, you know, the Danish Mm -hmm. footballer that uh, in the Euro cup last year uh, that dropped, Mm -hmm. you know, these aren't all ARVC, but many of them are. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a lot more, it's a lot more common, I think, than, uh, than people realize. And so being on the ground, talking to people and just asking people to share our story um, I think is just building the building this community of awareness that I think is needed
0: Hundred percent, and what I might be making this up with? Wasn't there talk about a fellowship too? Did I make that up? Yeah.
1: So, so really, we we look at our work as as being three things: raising awareness, both in the public and in medical communities; uh, building this community of families to support each other, Uh, and then you know our financial piece to this is we are uh, we are sponsoring a fellowship uh, on the electrophysiology team at Peter Munk Cardiac Center uh, in Toronto. Um, So we're raising money to, to add to the research, to try to figure this thing out faster.
0: Brilliant. Brilliant. I I just, on the show, we call it changing the boogie, you know, like where you just, you know, not necessarily go with the status quo. You want to make the change. You want to make the difference. And that, that, that takes effort. That takes, that takes know-how and you guys are, you guys are hustling. You guys are making it happen. So I just really want to commend you, Adam. And and your family and you know the Solvent Healthcare crew definitely are gonna be thinking about you guys and and wanna support. Yeah. So like how can let us know, like, how can we support your initiatives adam like what's the best way to for people to connect let's let's pump up these tires right now.
1: absolutely so and, and this is a great time to do it because we're just getting ready to start the western leg uh in about a month nice. i'm driving out to uh, victoria bc and i'm going to start pedaling back home again here in ottawa in ontario um so i'm going to i'm going to head the other way do about to uh, k this uh this summer um so it's a great time to do it uh yeah so so what we're what we're suggesting people do is to, to go onto our website um www.arvcfamiliesupport.org. Um, there you'll find everything. You'll find what we're doing with families. Uh, you're, but you will also find uh, on my ride. My schedule for my ride is already posted for this coming summer. So, if you uh, if you live in a community and uh, somewhere in Western or Central Canada and you're uh, you recognize one of those town names on there and you got a place for us to park our trailer for the night and want to support us and and hang out and chat and. Uh, that's a great way people can support. The biggest thing we can ask is just share our story, share our story, you know, whether it's face-to-face or through social media, um, you can, you can access all of our, our social media accounts. We've got a great social media team and, uh, and a media team working here in Toronto. That's, uh, that's doing a, a, bang up job and, uh, any, any social media platform, it's ride the number four ARVC ride for ARVC and, uh, anybody can follow us, uh, follows that way too. And you can, you can go on and see some fun. I I actually just uh, got home from Germany. I, I spoke at a change maker conference in Frankfurt, Germany. And then I spent, uh, since I didn't want to cycle in this, this crap that we have here right now, I, uh, (laughs) I spent two weeks uh, training up, up and down the the Rhine river Valley in, uh, in Germany and France. So it was, uh, it was a good way to get, uh, get my legs under me on the bicycle before I start the big ride in a month.
0: Nice. Now it's occurred to me. I knew you. I knew you were away for a bit. um, Yeah, you were in Germany, and um, but uh, Adam, this is uh, you know very few times I I could say like when we do a show, it just like touches you the way this has touched me, and uh, I know it's going to be beneficial for our listeners. I I know we we, this is a great opportunity, Quadcast Nation, to support this great initiative, and I just want to commend you for your courage. And, you know, coming on and talking about this and it's brings back some tough memories, but it's, it's going to be all these efforts that you're doing right now. I can promise you it's going to make a difference. And so
1: I really want to thank you, Adam. Oh, Doctor K, thanks so much. And if I could just do one one uh, extra little quick shout out, I'm involved in Shut many things. 100, 100. I'm involved in many things, and one of the things I'm really, really proud to be to be aligned with, I'm uh, I meet with uh, a group called Care Canada, um, out of uh, and and Care Canada, C A R E Canada, um, uh, under Doctor Katie Allen, who's who's who heads up Care Canada. Uh, amazing things. It's it's families. It's it's medical practitioners. It's EMS. It's it's people from you know all walks of life who are who are working to change the face of how we perceive sudden cardiac arrests for any reason, not just ARVC. Um, we're in the process of changing Ontario legislation. Uh, in terms of um, making it mandatory for every Ontario high school student to receive AED and CPR training. So we're in the process of that. And also uh, care Canada is uh, we're working towards um, having a national um, AED registry. So, you know, things like when you go into a community and I saw this in Germany and France, you go into a community, you can see a sign when you enter a town about where the town AED is. Um, when you call 911, the 911 operator can tell you where there's an AED in that community. These are the things that we're working towards to save the lives of all people from from sudden cardiac arrests and it's, I'm super proud to be a part of uh, part of that team at Care Canada. so shout out to them.
0: That is brilliant. I got to say that, that idea that little like training up the youth, like there's very little I can't think of downside to that like everyone having that kind of capacity to to, to step up in a time of need. Wow. Like that's uh that's talking game changing shit.
1: It's you know, the, the, the anecdote that I have that was expressed to me and I hope I get it right uh, for everybody's sake. But uh, I think in Denmark, about 17 or 18 years ago, they started a, another initiative. Um, and the uh, the bystander response rate to a cardiac arrest, now that there's a whole generation of adults and everybody younger than them who now has at least had some training and has some awareness. Um, the bystander response rate in in the the country of Denmark has jumped from 30% to 70% for sudden cardiac arrests. And the survival rate is uh four times what it was back then. I believe. So it. we're, we're believe so we're gonna it. get there in Canada.
0: Honestly, that's amazing. Time is tissue. It's it's you know, and this stuff works. Like, you know what I mean? Like it 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 it's not to, i mean it's literal life-saving literally life-saving so uh i love that that's a that actually that be might be another conversation for another day absolutely so my my three-year-old is just raging yeah yeah <laughs> sorry <the background. laughs> no race. it's um, all good but but once again adam thank you so much for doing this and we really appreciate you
1: dr k i appreciate your interest in our story and uh helping spread the word
0: all right, Quadcast Nation, thanks for listening so much. We really appreciate all the support. Leave any comments at quadcast99 at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, at Quadcast. Don't forget about that five-star rating. Helps with the visibility of the show. It means a lot to us. Leave that review. Healthcare providers out there, go to solvingwellness.com or check us out our, our Facebook group facebook.com backslash groups backslash wellness changing the video anyways thanks so much for listening crew it means a lot we'll connect again real soon peace